It's time to go into business for yourself. Get ready for another episode of the Franchise Academy Podcast. Education, insights, and inspiration. Here's your host, small business and franchise expert, Tom Scarda. And hello again. Greetings, felicitations, children of technology, as my friend Pete Steele from Typo Negative used to say back in the 90s. We are back with another episode of the Franchise Academy radio show. And actually, it was the radio show. Now it's the podcast. So we're podcasting out of New York and doing everything you wanted to know about franchising but forgot to ask and didn't know where to ask. Here's the place, everything you wanted to know. My name is Tom Scarta, and I match people with opportunities based on skills and personality and goals, kind of like the eHarmony of business is what I like to call it. And been doing it for 14 years now and help people really all over the country and, and even around the world a little bit, go international sometimes, helping people discover if franchising is for them or not. We also talk a lot about how to franchise your business on this show. You can listen to previous podcasts about that subject and even how to sell a franchise if you're a franchisee already. And also best practices if you're a franchisee. Got a lot of material on that. YouTube channel to back it up, everything that you could possibly want, including a book called Franchise Savvy, which is the six strategies pros use to pick a top performing franchise. So I have a great, great leader of franchising with us today and and a a friend of mine who I met a couple of years ago at the International Franchise Association. He is the founder of a company called MadePro, which is, believe it or not, sounds kind of unsexy, but it is way sexy because it's really what I learned about the company over the past couple of years is that it's really a technology company that happens to clean people's houses. So Mark is with us, and I know I'm going to mess up the pronunciation, but Mark Kaczynski, do I have that right, Mark? Tom, you got it. Damn. Thank goodness. (laughs) Hey, Mark, thanks for being with us, man. Hey, it's good to be here. I liked your intro. I want one of those. We could get you one. No problem. I got a guy. I might wake up to that. That would be fun to wake up to. My wife might not like that, but, but that would be fun. It'll get you out of bed in the morning, man, for sure. You're in Boston, right? Yeah, right now I'm, I scooted home, so I'm, I'm in uh, the sleepy town of Sudbury. But yeah, I'm in the Boston area. Oh, cool. But you were born and raised in Colorado, is that right? Yeah, sure. outside of Chicago until I was 14 and then Colorado through high school. Oh, that's awesome. Love Colorado. So you guys got into the cleaning business, and it sounds like, you know, maybe it was by accident. I want to hear a little bit about that. But now also you launched a pest control business, outdoor pest control, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, Mosquito and Tick Control. Mosquito and Tick. And the name of that company is called Flyfo. Is that right? Flyfo, yes. Flyfo, which is a really cool name. So you you just said you have a wife, you're married, kids, you got the whole nine yards going on, right? Got a couple kids, a couple pit bulls. Yeah, I got it all happening. Nice. Excellent. We have a 10-week-old Burmese doodle, Bernadoodle. Not as cool as a pit bull, but she's pretty cool. I like her. Yeah, all dogs are great. Yeah, absolutely. And you guys have a dog-friendly office in Boston, don't you? We do. We do. It's great to have dogs around the office, I think. 
Yeah, it's so cool. This is just growing. It's just exponentially. This whole the whole dog business, the whole you know pet business, obviously, is a really really an interesting thing in in regard to you know franchising and everything that's going on in that world. But we're here to talk about home cleaning. So, like, why, man? Why home cleaning? You know, I have no idea. No, <laughs> back. back uh, so I probably have to give you a little bit of background. So when I graduated school. I went to Arizona State. I graduated. I moved out to the Boston area. And my uncle was, you know, a big time retail guy. He said, hey, why don't you get into retail, which I did. And I, you know, it just wasn't for me. I spent two years in that. And then after, and I was just looking for a business that I wanted. But because I was in retail, you know, it, I was spending, a, doing a lot of, you know, late nights. I was working on weekends. I was busy during the holidays when all my friends were off. Mm-hmm. And I, as I was looking for a business, I said, you know, I really want something with nights and weekends free, holidays that were for me, and I didn't want to have inventory and a bunch of other things. And as I was thinking about different businesses, cleaning sort of fit the bill, you know, because, you know, weekday business and so forth didn't have inventory. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of other great things about it. And so that's sort of, and I also didn't have much money to start a business. So, so yeah, so I fell into residential cleaning. Yeah, it's so cool. When you look at it as a business model, the first thing is, you know, if you say to somebody, hey, I, I think you should buy a Made Pro franchise, the, their first thought usually is, well, I'm not going to be cleaning toilets. And it's not that at all. You're the CEO and the CFO of your franchise, you're, you know, your outfit locally, and then you have staff that, do that kind of work and they enjoy it. Is is that a correct assumption? Yeah, I mean, even, even in our franchise agreement, we have specifically say you can't go out and clean. We do not want people cleaning. I will mention though, you had, you had mentioned that a lot of people kind of stare away from it when they first hear it. I kind of love that because one of the reasons why I got into the business is I, I didn't want a business that everybody else wanted to be in. Right. One of the things that I had said to myself, I'm like, geez, I want a business where I don't have a lot of strong competition. And, you know, hey, the last thing you want is like everybody wanting to be in your business. So it is nice that while there is competition today, there wasn't back when I started, it's still, I think a lot of people don't give the business credit, the credit that it deserves, but it leaves it sort of wider open for those of us that do get into it. Yeah, no question about it. I've placed people in the business. They are loving it and they're loving life. So there's there's no you know downside as far as I could see it, and and you know there's so much to talk about, I, and my head is going in all different directions at the moment. But I want to try to stay focused and, and and kind of do this in a in a logical way. So I'm trying to you know I'm trying to get my head you know for the listeners' sake, trying to really get our head around really what this business is all about, and it's unlike any other business because you don't need a store. You know, you don't have all the traditional overhead that a business or a typical franchise has, and it survives well even when the economy slows up, which, you know, goes through cycles, so inevitably it happens. But when did you start the business? I started it, just my own cleaning company, in uh, the early 90s. Oh, okay. And then when did you start franchising? I think we had our first franchisee in 97. So we've been through a few slowdown, you know, down yeah. in the economy. Right. Recessions. But the other thing that's cool about the business is that, you know, I, I always used to talk about you got to pick a business that's recession resilient or recession resistant. 
But now you got to find something that's also Amazon resistant. Yeah. And you guys fit that too. I think the business has a lot of great, I guess I'll say characteristics. Most of the people that have their homes clean, uh, I'll speak to sort of the recession resistant aspect, but a lot of people that have their homes clean, you know, they're fairly well to do. They're probably not living paycheck to paycheck. And when the recession, if, if it does hit, and, you know, even if something as big as the Great Recession that we had, you know, unemployment may have been near 10%, but that means 90% of the people were employed. And those people, you know, they're not canceling their cell phone bills. They're not uh, canceling cable or they're not canceling their, their cleaning service. They're kind of going about life. Maybe they might be a little more cautious. They're not going to buy a new home, maybe not splurge on the expensive car or, you know, big vacation. But the typical day-to-day things in their lives, they don't really change much. And that's what we found in the three sort of slowdowns that I've been involved with, that business remains pretty stable. We actually grew during this, the Great Recession. I love that. That's awesome. And what do you attribute that to? Because I, I have my own ideas about why that happened, because it happened in a couple of different industries you would never expect. But why, why do you think it happened for you guys? I think industry as a whole is growing. In other words, more people are getting their homes clean than they have in the past, as well as for us, you know, we're, I'll consider ourselves a professional home cleaning company versus the independents. And within the, the people that outsource their cleaning, that portion of the business is growing as well. So the industry is getting larger. And sure, while we had a recession and things were shrinking, you know, our industry was still expanding. There's a lot of other reasons, but, you know, yeah, I think, you know, just basic stuff, you know, as you're saying, like the 90% of people that were working, they were working harder maybe and maybe covering for more people that might have been let go in their particular office. And so they, they need their house clean because they don't have the time to do it. You know, they're, they're working, you know, 50, 60 hours a week and commuting an hour and change each way. And, you know, you're out of the house 12, 13 hours, you're going to come home and clean like you know, and then the, both spouses are working, which is another factor, I think, for, for your business. That's true. Demographics are, are in our favor. You know, there's just more to do. You know, there's more channels on the, the TV. You got Netflix. You got all the series. You got, you know, everything on the Internet. I mean, people are, they have a, a lot more distractions in life and they're moving away from doing household chores of any sort. Yeah, that's not true. So why did you decide to franchise the whole thing and not kind of just run your own thing? Yeah, so, you know, interesting question there because somewhere around 1996, I'd been in the business for about five years. We built our own software. We had some pretty great marketing. And I was at a cleaning convention. Just a, a lot of cleaning companies were there. And there was a couple other franchisors in the cleaning industry there at the time. They're franchisees, I would say. Mm-hmm. I started chatting with them and I started saying, Hey, tell me about your, tell me about your software. Show me your software. And they would say, well, let me see your software. So we would show it to each other. And they were like, wow, yours is better than ours. <laughs> and they liked our marketing and I, and you know, some other concepts that we had. And I was like, wow, we should do this. Yeah. So it really came from other franchisees in the industry that sort of showed me like, wow, the stuff that we had put together just in our cleaning company here in Boston, was pretty strong. I was like, why can't we do this? So off on our merry way, franchising. Yeah. People love the marketing. I mean, it's award-winning marketing. And if you are just 
a customer getting your house clean, the, the marketing you get is just fun and creative and, you know, a lot of tongue and cheek stuff. And even like if you go on your website, just look at the videos of the people that work in the home office. It's just a whole lot of fun. I just absolutely love it. So it's a great culture. And that, you know, that comes from you, you know, from the top down, as they say. Yeah. You know, we try not to take ourselves too seriously. I mean, you know, we're not curing cancer or diffusing bombs or anything like that in our industry. So, you know, why not have a little fun with it? Yeah. Amen to that. What kind of people make the best franchisees for a made pro? That's a good question. I, you know, when you think about a franchisee, you really want to, there's no silver bullet in a great franchisee, by the way. But in our, in our business, you know, you want someone that's coachable. You want to make sure that they're going to, you know, listen. They're going to they're going to be introspective if something goes wrong. I mean, I think this is pretty much every every business. You don't want someone that's constantly looking to blame others when, you know, when they hit a speed bump, if you will. Right. In our business, because we're such a people or people driven business, you want someone that's good with people, a good manager, someone that can really inspire people. In our business, one of the things that that happens is your staff comes in in the morning. And you've got about a half an hour to an hour with them before they're gone for the day. So you have that that short period of time that you have to impact them and get them motivated so they do a great job when they're out in the field. So you've mm-hmm. got to be a great people person. Yeah, absolutely. So then so that leads me to wonder, you know, so the crew goes, the crews all leave and go out and, and they got their assignments. They go out cleaning houses. What does the franchisee do the rest of the day? Yeah, you know. That's one of the nice things about the business. Now you're in your office. You're, you know, if you're running a very organized office, you don't have a lot of phone calls. You know, if you're a less organized person, you know, you might be putting out some fires here and there. So the typical person that's running the office is, you know, has time to do their marketing, has time to make sure they're, they're you know, hire new staff, train the staff that they're, the new staff that they're hiring. Uh, reach out to clients and make sure they're satisfied. Look over their KPIs. Talk to other franchisees to you know figure out how to better improve their business. So it is a pretty relaxing office during the day. We don't have a lot of customer traffic either. So with MadePro, we are, we have our sales center in our Boston office, and there's some independent the people that work around the country. But but we do have a sales center, so a lot of the initial calls coming in for new service do come to us and we can handle those. So it does make the, the day pretty relaxing for the owner. Pretty interesting. So you have a call center, is that what you're saying? Is that the yeah. sales center? Yes, yeah, sales center, yeah. Yeah, neat. Yeah, it takes a lot of pressure off, especially when you first start the business as a new you know, franchise owner. I've, I've been in those shoes a couple of times and you know, you're trying to figure out what to do and you're kind of getting a rhythm and all of a sudden the phone rings. You're like, oh my God, what do I say? <laughs> I don't even know what to do. Yeah, one last thing to worry about. Right. And that's just an awesome thing about Made Pro. And so a couple of months ago, I was in New Orleans with uh, you and some of your crew at a franchise convention. And so uh, Allison and, and Stephanie were there, and they were telling me about this new concept that you guys are launching called FlyFo. So I got a lot of questions. <laughs> so why Pest Control as a second brand? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, I've always heard about the industry that, it, you know, it's a, it's a growing industry and so forth and, and franchising. It's become pretty popular. But personally, you know, I, we were talking about our dogs. I've got two, you know, the two uh, pit bulls and they're 
they're always outside and they come back with ticks all the time. And I've got two kids. I got a 10 year old, I got a 13 year old. And we have friends that, you know, their kids have had Lyme disease and, you know, and it just it's impacted me. And I was like, boy, this would be a great, you know, to finally solve it. Cause I had hired a couple companies to come out and do the, you know, the mosquito and, and, uh, yeah. Tick control. And, you know, I just thought they weren't doing it is the way I would do it. So I'm, I'm like, you know what, let's go for that. Very cool. It is a great business. Among other reasons, but that, that sort of, you know, spurred me on for sure. Well, you know, as, as I look at it from the big picture, the outside looking in, you know, you just leverage the, the base that your, your customer base you already have. You're already cleaning their house on the inside. So you could kind of, you know, do the spraying on the outside. It just kind of makes sense. Yeah, and a lot of our systems, a lot of our software and scheduling and routing software, you know, the sales center, our coaching team, our you know, our financial team, our marketing team, a lot of that, you know, they, they understand the consumer and what they're looking for, so it it played really nicely into that to that brand. How do you come up with the name Fly Foe? Because I, I really love it. I, to me, it says it all, but it's F L Y F O E Fly Foe. Yeah, that, that was an interesting process. You know, when we first thought, hey, let's get into this mosquito and tick control business. It, it just became, we didn't really even think about it. We, we just thought, you know what, we got to come up with mosquito and something else, you know, mosquito XYZ. You know, we kept on coming up with all these different iterations of mosquito. And of course, there are thousands of them out there. There are hundreds of mosquito companies and every single one of them has mosquito mm-hmm. in the name. <laughs> right. You know, one of the key concepts in marketing is differentiation. And the last thing we wanted to be was like everybody else. Mm -hmm. The other thing is mosquito is often misspelled. Mosquito is a long word, particularly if you're going to add something on it. So now you've got a 15, 20 letter URL domain name. Uh Again, you know, it's a crowded field. So how do you stand out, look different, have a very short uh, domain name, something catchy and quick and we were, you know, we spent many, many months on it and uh, came up with this and, you know, we, we love it. Yeah, I love it. What makes the company different from the other pest control companies, though? Thanks for a- asking that. You know, it was interesting. I fl- flew on the, around the country and I, I went to a lot of mosquito and tick, went to a lot of universities where they studied those pests. And we really sat back and said, you know, how do we control these things properly without overusing chemicals? Yeah. And, you know, we came up with a methodology that where we can, you know, reduce the these pest populations dramatically, but use as little chemicals as possible. Oh, cool. And it includes making sure we take care of them, you know, take care of the pests during all different aspects of their lifestyle. We don't just go in the backyard and blast spray chemicals everywhere. Mosquitoes, you know, they're born, they lay their eggs in water. They're born and, you know, they spend about 14 days in the water before they they fly out of there. So we, we attack those places as well before they even, you know, fly. And among among other things, but, you know, we follow sort of the weather and we change our our frequency of spraying. So the the warmer, if it's too warm, maybe, you know, you don't need to spray as often than if it's, you know, if it's damp and, and muggy, their life cycle moves a little quicker. I agree. And one thing that I love about the business is that it's seasonal. So 
you know, some people have a hard time with that. How, how do you feel? How do you explain like, OK, you're going to get into a business that's only going to be operating, you know, whatever, eight months a year? Yeah. And obviously in the United States, seasonal it varies right up north. It's very seasonal, you know, six months, seven months a year, you know, down in Florida, it's, you know, it's pretty much year round. So, but when you're thinking of it seasonal, yes, it, it might not work for some people and it works for some others. I, I think, and what we found is that some people love it. You know, they, they love working seven, eight months of the year and, you know, taking the winters off and, you know, you don't take it fully off. You, you just prepare for the next year and so forth. But, you know, from a lifestyle perspective, how many businesses do give you three months off a year? Right. You know, I mean, it is pretty crazy. And if you're a skier, this is the best business for you. Oh, there's no question. And and you like to ski. Love skiing. Yeah. Man, I could talk a lot. I have a bunch of questions about that alone. Just, you know, what's your favorite mountain in Colorado? But I don't know if we should go down that road. We could spend many hours, I'm sure. Well, I will say, I was, I was just in Colorado for my first time in many years and uh, skied Breckenridge and Vale, and they were insane. The back bowls in Vale, unbelievable. Yeah. Highly recommend it. Very cool stuff. And then my son just moved to Denver a couple of months ago, so we're out there every once in a while now. That's nice. So in the FlyFo world, what does the future look like? I mean, you know, for you guys uh, with FlyFo, but also as, as a company, are you going to keep on adding brands or is, was this just like a one-off kind of thing? Yeah, no, I think strategically we'll, we'll probably add brands as time goes on. You know, when you think about it, we're already, like I said, we're already in the home. We're already built a lot of the systems, whether it's software marketing and so forth around service companies. But just the cross-marketing potential is huge here. You know, people already trust MadePro, so, you know, they'll hopefully trust us to, to provide other services for them. And, and yeah. that, that's proving out, you know, right now. Definitely. I, I think it's a great thing. I'm excited about it, and I'm excited to see where it all goes. So I wanted to um, turn a little bit uh, in regard to what we're talking about here and talk a little bit more about your personal kind of entrepreneurial spirit. Can you share like one moment in your entrepreneurial experience so far that you could like think about and say, you know, that was one of the big reasons for the success I've had? Interesting question. I'll tell you early on, we probably were in business less than a year. And when I say we're, I'm talking about my, my business partner, uh, Richard Spracio. I don't know if you've had a chance. Uh, you met Richard? I have not. No, maybe come up to Boston and we'll, we'll have to go grab some, some lunch in the North End. Yeah. We were you know, running the business in, in Boston ourselves and doing some marketing that we sort of created ourselves. And we decided to hire a marketing consultant, so more of a professional ad agency. We didn't have a ton of money, but we thought, you know, we want, really wanted a nice-looking ad, nice-looking brand. And they came up with a pricing strategy for us and a really great direct mailer. And, of course, at the time, there was no pay-per-click and, and internet and so forth the way that we you know, have right. today. And that single direct mailer piece... We, it, we were adding five to 10 recurring clients a month for the first, you know, nine months, year of the business. And when we sent that out, we were adding like 40. Ooh. And it was, it, while it just set the tone of like, 
that early growth that really got you excited, like, holy cow, this could be an incredible business. And we were just signing people up so fast. And it really stuck with me that, you know, if you really can differentiate your business and you can connect with your customers and so forth, sales and revenues will start flowing. And, and that, yeah. was, uh, that was a big deal for us. You guys have perfected it over the years, too. MadePro does such a good job with that. Thank you. Yeah, I give you guys props for sure. What was the best piece of advice that you've ever received? I would probably just say to just, you know, honestly try to help other people. Mm -hmm. In other words, don't make it about money. Don't make that your main focus, right? Help others and the money will come. I think, I think that's sort of been true for me. Yeah, I love that. That's like Zig Ziglar who used to say, the motivational speaker Zig Ziglar said, if you help enough people get what they want in life, you get what you want. I always held that close to my heart. I thought that was a great thing. Yeah, I, I truly believe that. I truly believe that. If you focus on like, what's going to make me money? Is How's this going to make me money? It, it, in the end, it's, I think it will fall short. I agree. And it usually always does. Got to do for the right reasons. What was your worst entrepreneurial moment that you've ever had? You know, it probably was when one of our managers, I caught it one of our managers stealing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as, as you're in business, you're, you try to hire that trusted person to run your, you know, so you can start doing something else in business. And as you know, as you grow, you bring in management and yeah, that sucked. Let's just say, yeah. but I will say though, from that, you know, you learn a lot, you learn a lot about, you know, putting controls in place, proper controls and oversight. And that probably was my worst entrepreneurial moment. Right. Yeah. And it comes with a silver lining. Sometimes those bad things have to happen so you could tighten up your systems. That's true. Yeah. Do you have any you know, books that, that you have found to be very helpful for you in, in your business career that you would recommend? Books. You know, I'm not a huge business book reader. Like, you know, I read the next one and what, you know, but there was a book that I read many, many years ago when I, I used to have a software company. Mm-hmm. And I read it because of that. It's it's a book called Don't Make Me Think. Mm-hmm. And it's by this guy, Steve Krug, I believe is his name. So Don't Make Me Think. It's a very easy read. It's probably, you know, maybe 75 pages or something like that. Double spaced, big font, you know, very easy. You can read it in a couple hours. Yeah. But the theory behind this book, which I think is great, it's how do you keep things super simple and how do you not use people's thought capital? unnecessarily. And it's it's really based around web a web usability book, but I think it it just to me it it really goes into the humans and you know you don't want people to overthink things and just how do you make things very crystal clear for people, easy for people. Right, right. I don't think you're going to find many people that will recommend that book because it is a little obscure, but yeah, I don't I can't say that I've ever heard of it and that's um that's a good thing. I like to learn some some new things every once in a while. So I appreciate that. Mark, what's one myth that you would like to bust about franchising or about your business category? Let's see, myth, myth I'd like to bust. Well, you know, in the franchising world, the big myth to me, I think, is that the franchisor and the franchisee have to have an us versus them mentality. I, I just think a lot of franchisees, even some franchise or many franchisors just live their relationship 
and, you know, thinking it's us against them. And, you know, I think in actuality, when franchisees and franchisors, you know, see themselves as together working as a working unit, I think that's what it's all about. Yeah. And and you're right. It's not an adversarial relationship. And so many people look at it like that. Because when you're a franchisee, and I try to explain this early on before people even talk to companies as, as I'm coaching people through the process, you know, you, you look at a franchise agreement for the majority of franchise agreements, there's like a personal guarantee for the ongoing royalties uh, that are due. And they're like, oh, man, you know, if I'm not making anything, this I still got to pay them something. You know, they're always making money. And I'm like, yeah, you don't understand. That's not the reason it's in the agreement. <laughs> it's not so they make money. Even if you're not, that's they don't want that. They want you to be very successful. And then we go into the whole validation calls and all that. But the reason that's in there, you know, part of it anyway, for in my opinion, is that you want somebody to go out there and, and do the business. There's so many people who will just sit back and hope that their business is going to, you know, blossom without actually doing the work. So it's it's out there to really motivate people. But you know, if you, if people don't know that, you look at the franchise agreement, and you're like, oh man, it's me against them, and it's, it's totally not true. Yeah, and I think we have a very, I'll say, franchisee friendly agreement. Probably mm-hmm. much more friendly than than most. For example, we you know we have a ninety day out. You know, if someone doesn't you know is not happy. We don't lock them into the five ten year agreement. Talking about a personal guarantee, a lot of franchise agreements have what they'll say, call as like a minimum royalty, right? And that's that's to make sure that people don't just buy a franchise and sit on it. Right. So we're expanding the brand; they're making that territory more valuable, but they're not doing anything. But if they truly want out, just say bye. If they don't want to be with us, we don't want to. You know, hey, that's good. Go do something else. That's good. I didn't know that actually about Made Pro. You just learned me something, Mr. Cotta. Yeah, well, it's, you know, it's one of the things as a franchisor. If you just, you know, you want people to be happy, and hey, if they're not, then do something. You know, do something else. Life's too short. Yeah, right, right. That's awesome. I love that attitude. That's that's a ma- major takeaway for me right here. That's that's awesome. How can people get in touch with you guys at Made Pro and Flyfo? Well, you can go to madepro.com or our franchising domain is madeprofranchising.com. And if you're interested in FlyFo, you can go to flyfo.com or flyfofranchising.com or, of course, chat with you, Tom. Yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, all that, and thank you for that. All that information for these companies, MadePro and FlyFo, will be on the franchiseacademypodcast.com. We'll have some nice pictures and you can get all the information you need through there and it will help you understand the whole world of cleaning. So can you, Mark, give us one piece of parting advice? Sure. I would say, you know, focus on a business. If, if the people that are listening are, you know, thinking about starting a business, I would say focus on a business that will fit your lifestyle. Don't really wor- worry so much about the monetary side of things. Find out what you want from your business. Do you want your weekends free? Do you want, you know, nights free? Do you want a recurring revenue business, something that's a little more relaxing because you know the business is scheduled? Here, I'm going I'm to sort of pitch made pro because I love it. But if you're fighting for dollars every day and wondering how the week's going to go, you know, it's much nicer to have you know, hundreds of clients that are already scheduled for weekly and biweekly service. So. Recurring revenue is good. 
do people pay at the time of service or do they you invoice them? You know, you really have to focus on the the lifestyle of the business, not just how much uh, profit you're going to get. You know, you, you speak in my language. I, obviously, that this is what I proclaim day in and day out. It's not about sexy. It's not about how much money. It's not about the top line. It's about more than anything how much you're going to enjoy your life. Well, you know what's sexy? Sexy is going home to uh, watch your kid's soccer game at 3, at 3 p.m. Mm-hmm. You know, picking up your wife and taking her there or having your wife, you know, picking up your husband or whatever, you know. Well, right. You're right. That That is totally, totally cool. And just as an aside, I remember when I, when I first got into my smoothie business and I'm going back almost 20 years, my neighbor across the street owned the local pizzeria here where I live on Long Island. And every morning we were on the bus stop at 10 to 9 with our kids and uh, there was an older lady who used to walk. We had there's a church at the end of my block, and she would walk to church every morning. And one day she stopped. And she said, "I just got to give you guys credit. You're always here to see your kids off from school every morning, and that really says something." And I was like, "Well, you know what? I never even really thought about it like that, but yeah, man, it's cool, and it's because of the choices that I made and the choices that my friend Days made in his pizza business. And so it's all about you know what you want in life, and there's nothing more important than obviously." time and, and family so that's what we do what we do absolutely well cool hey mark i just really want to thank you for being on this is really great we will uh, i'm going to take you up on that lunch thing that you said on the north end i'll be up there this summer for sure and i'm really looking forward to hanging out a little bit more great time it's been fun chatting with you as always yeah for sure so uh check out mark krasinski the CEO of MadePro and FlyFro on uh, their websites and get your house cleaned soon. Stay tuned for another episode of the Franchise Academy podcast. Thanks. This has been another episode of the Franchise Academy podcast. For more info, go to our website, thefranchiseacademypodcast.com. Remember to subscribe to Tom Scarta's YouTube channel for educational videos on franchising, education, insight, and inspiration.